with sound. All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. And not to mention our 100th episode. Um, my name is Josh Landicho. And with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, directed by Michael Chavez, starring Farrah Farmiga, Patrick Wilson, Ruri O'Connor, Sarah Catherine Hook, and Julian Hillard. This is a fairly new film, so if you haven't watched the film yet, I suggest you do so and then come back. If you want to spoil yourself for whatever reason, go ahead and keep on listening. But this is your warning. Spoilers will be here and we'll be talking about it. Um, and before we start, I just want to thank everyone for listening. This is our 100th episode, 100th official episode, and it's been really fun. Uh, I don't know about you, Carmelo, but <laughs> I think it's uh, these episodes are always really fun, and I think especially like the more we do it, the more I start to like, the more I love doing this. And even though like regardless of our viewership or whatever, like I don't really care. It's just us having fun. So I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and I'd like to thank you, Carmela, for being a co-host. Oh my God. Um, I think especially, <laughs> I think especially being a creative, there's always people that want to collaborate with you. And especially with me, like, I always have a history of people like, oh, let's do something, Josh. I'm like, okay, and I'll take it really, really seriously. And they just be like, oh, that's cool, and, like, never really follow up on it. And especially with, like, what we've been doing with Watch With Sound, like, I appreciate you oh committing yourself and, you know, making the time out to record these episodes. And honestly, following through with, uh, with a collaboration like this, I think it was, like, it was surprising to me, I, to be honest, when, like, we did our like fifth episode that we're actually gonna do this. So I just want to thank you, of course, for always being here. Um, I like to wa- I like to thank the network, the people that have been supporting us and doing behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, wow. so our hundredth episode. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> do you have anything else to say before we start? <laughs> yeah, I can't just caught me off guard. I was like, oh my god, um, I'm like tearing up. I'm like, I can't believe this. Um, look at my eyes. I'm like tearing up. anyways um yeah i can't believe this is our 100th official episode we've seen so that means we've reviewed 100 movies um crazy and we'll be much more in the future and yeah i just want to thank everyone for listening regardless of like listenership or yeah i don't really care we've made um 18 dollars so that's very exciting (laughs) there Uh, you go there you go gotta start somewhere you know better than nothing (laughs) um but yeah i appreciate you for your commitment i mean you're basically the one who um what's it called like led the way you you were the one who like offered me to like collaborate with you but yeah i this is probably the longest group project i've ever been a part of (laughs) (laughs) what's the due date (laughs) Every every week is the due date. Um, but, I know every week is the due. But yeah, it's like just been really fun, like doing this week to week. It honestly doesn't feel like work, and like, um, yeah. And I'm just glad that this is something that we do and come back to like every week because it's like we like both equally love movies so much and we love talking about it. So it's a no brainer. And yeah, I appreciate. You, I appreciate Sophia, even though she's taking a nap. In the, I don't know if she can hear. But anyways, um, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening and take it away, Josh. Yeah, and I feel like uh, we don't really look at the viewership that much or even honestly, we don't even really care. <laughs> I think it's just like yeah. us for us to have fun. And I think um, through this too, we've gotten closer, obviously, and hung out a lot more. So it's, I don't know, it's been really fun and and you're like one of the only college friends that I still like con- like contact and stuff so <laughs> I made it I, th- I honestly th- I think <laughs> I, I think mean, movies for I that think? for one and then <laughs> exactly I think I like thank movies for that and also I think this for that just because like I don't know it's been really fun and yeah so with that before we get more mushy and um you know sentimental ill um, <laughs> what did you think of the movie The Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It Carmela um so it was actually my first time back in a movie theater since like 
literally last March, the last movie I saw in a theater was uh, The Invisible Man with you and Sophia, actually. Oh, my God. I totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs> yeah. And it was a horror movie. Um, so it's only fitting that my return to the cinema is another horror movie. And I'm glad it was. Um, and I thought it was great. I mean, we saw it in like a very great way with the Dolby Theater. Um, so the experience was like very visceral and exciting. Um, the chairs were vibrating and the sound travels. Yeah, from it left was to right. it was crazy. It was like I was in the movie. I was like, it, what? Why am I yeah. shaking? Like when the kid is shaking, yeah, you know, it was crazy. It was really fun. So if you have a chance to see anything in Dolby, totally worth it. Um, but yeah, I I walked away really enjoying the movie. Um, I don't think I was like coming at it with like a super critical eye or anything. I I knew it would be good and I knew I would enjoy it. Um, and yeah, overall, I, I really liked it. I liked seeing um, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson return as the Warrens. Um, and I'm just down to, like, you know, sit back and investigate anything with them because I'm, like, totally sold on their story already. Um, and yeah, and this time, the story was very... It was different from the other movies, so that was a very interesting twist to me. Um, and we'll get into it much like later in the episode, like all the nitty gritty stuff. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Um, I would definitely watch it again um, just to catch anything I didn't catch before. Um, overall, I like it's a good like addition to the universe, I think. Um, and with this movie, I think they have so much more room for expanding to. Um, but yeah, what did you think of the movie? I thought it was pretty good. And yeah, this was like <laughs> my first, you know, coming back to the theaters <laughs> too and, you know, Absolute being lies. responsible Absolute enough to. <laughs> <laughs> it's just straight up lies. <laughs> okay, okay. It's not my first time back. But it was honestly really fun. Um, and honestly, like ever since, I think, I don't remember the first time I've watched a movie in Dolby and IMAX. It might have been Godzilla vs. Kong, maybe something before that. Mm-hmm. But like after that, like. After that first experience, like every time I have the option to, I'm like, yes, yes, let's do it. <laughs> IMAX, whatever. 20 bucks, I don't care how much it is. Yeah. Like, I want to like be immersed in it. Like, watching this film too, um, and this was the second time when I watched it with you. When I watched it, the second time I was like, damn, I wish this was the first time watching it. Cause I can mm. only imagine how it would have felt like f- being scared like that for the first time in, in IMAX slash Dolby. Um, but yeah, honestly, those ex- that experience is always really fun and always really great. And like, I think it's a hundred percent worth it, especially for movie goers like us and people that like enjoy movies to that extent. Like, it's always got to be that kind of experience, um, even if it is a little more expensive. But yeah, so with this film, The Conjuring Three, it was really good, really really fun. Like, it did not it did not disappoint whatsoever. And I knew like even if it wasn't as good as one or two, I knew it had fun with it, regardless of the quality i guess the overall quality of it compared to the other movies but even like even like after watching it it's pretty par like it's up to par with these other movies um and i think we'll probably expand on on our little ranking system later but yeah honestly a really good film like the these stories that they have in these conjuring films are always really great and the fact that like it's it's somewhat based on a true story is really fun as well just because it's always fun to like figure out or like talk about like the actual current event or like whatever happened and figure out like oh did it actually happen or not whatever (laughs) it's really fun and like the fact that they're able to adapt these sort of stories into these like immersive suspenseful scary films it's it's fun to watch and it's always fun to watch especially when it comes to james wan and what he does um but yeah honestly a really fun film did not disappoint whatsoever um with that carmela do you want to give a little plot summary of the film In 1981, husband and wife paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren investigate the possession of an eight-year-old boy in Connecticut. When they learn the demon transported into the body of Arnie Johnson during the exorcism, the Warrens take on one of the most mysterious and sensational cases of their careers. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) So our previous episode, we talked about The Conjuring 1 and 2, and then we talked about our predictions on The Conjuring 3. Um, And I think you wanted, like, one of them to be possessed, amongst other things you said. (laughs) But with compared to our last episode, if you remember some of the predictions you said, 
did it meet your predictions or expectations um and if it did or didn't are you happy or upset about that sorry for the confusing sentence but (laughs) yeah compared to last episode how do you feel about the conjuring three now essentially um i mean low-key i knew (laughs) this movie wouldn't have one of the warrens possessed because that would mean that would have had to happen in real life um but if they like wanted to go off the rails of reality that's like the fan version i wanted to see but no it didn't disappoint like from my pre- predictions or whatever um honestly it took an interesting turn so and it didn't go a way that was predictable until to a certain point and then i was like oh okay um but i was still like engaged and interested in the storyline um but yeah but what about you were you um disappointed or expecting something different from this movie um overall expectations were like pretty met but i think in the previous episode i talked about how like say this is called the devil maybe do it. i hope they talk about like the satanic panic and stuff but it was like the opposite like yeah. they used like <laughs> satanism and stuff like that for it to which i understand i understand completely just because like obviously again a good and evil and especially when it's like human evil at this point it needs to have that like backstory of why they're doing it and i guess being in a satanic cult was the probably the best way um as regards to like the court case and stuff i want to look into that more just because like a lot of serial killers use that mm-hmm. excuse of the devil made me do it as they're you know pleading innocence and stuff like that and it's interesting to hear about this one like essentially working five years for man like for murder is actually really good sentencing right like, as regards not good sentencing but like good for like his lenient, part you know like, yeah. he, like he, exactly he yeah and like i'm wondering times or something like that's crazy. yeah dude like what exactly like if you if anyone else did that now like that's like to life Straight maybe up, or, yeah. or like around there and like the fact that he got five years i was like oh interesting <laughs> like that's very interesting because you know there's so many cases that like plead the same thing or blame like movies blame tv shows and blame certain things to prove their innocence and it's interesting to see that that this person um was able to get off pretty easily for the most part and he hasn't done any murders since then um which is cool <laughs> good for him i guess um yet. and i think we'll talk about like <laughs> yeah i know yet yeah. i think we'll talk about like the real life context of like if we actually think he did it or not um but yeah so for the most part like the expectations of the quality of the film met the, the whole satanic panic thing the thing i wanted them to comment on <laughs> total opposite which was fine but it also like i had to battle that in my head as well like oh they're really pleading that the devil hit like made him like, do it and they're gonna see if we could <laughs> yeah they're gonna see if they could lower his sentencing and like okay that's weird um i want to see if this would work if the if this person wasn't white you know like i want to see if they still gave him five years you know there's so many like different contexts to this sort of this sort of like case of like something else a spiritual thing made me do it and it's interesting to see this case and see it uh, essentially with this person that got off really easily um and i don't know it's just interesting to think about that but with that do you want to give you know your certain your likes your dislikes what you liked about the film what drew you to it and your opinions and everything like that so yeah overall i thought it was still a really good movie and i really enjoyed it um and the storyline was honestly pretty engaging throughout the movie just like despite at some point it became a little predictable um but honestly the thing i was most impressed by was the level of set design i think and i don't know if they used that much cg i'm sure they used like cg but um i think the set design was pretty impressive and just naming the opening sequence was like really really scary um they opened with like a literal blood bath with the kid hiding in the bathtub and then you know i mean we we get a lot of like bloody iconic scenes like that but i don't know there there was never a level of that much like gore or intensity from the previous conjuring movies in my opinion i think the most we've saw was like you know furniture breaking and like things flying around in a room and then body contortions but this like 
took it to the next level, especially with the body contortions yeah. too. That was like they really like started it off really, really quick. I think like in one and two, it starts off with them lecturing. <laughs> like it's like yeah. the most like, like you know it's... like mellow start. <laughs> this one was like straight up like he was being exercised. He was like in a bloodbath. He was like being tortured. Like it was like all this like all this stuff coming at you at once, which almost kind of affected the pacing in a little bit um but go on i agree and because it started off so strong with all of these intense um scenes and scares um the rest of the movie kind of never reached that same level of intensity which was a little disappointing with the third act um the third act was still exciting but never rose to that level um because like it had so much potential and then you like kind of like didn't deliver the like increasing potential towards the end so it, although like yeah it was pretty impressive i wished it followed through um but yeah and just another thing and i feel like i'm bagging on the movie at this point but even though i'm more like saying we really enjoyed it because we really did um but yeah, uh, this movie is a little different because it focuses a lot more on like the Warren storyline and investigation um, as opposed to like at, uh, cutting back to the family where it usually cuts it back to the family and you get all of this emotional like resonance and you like really start to root for them. Um, this movie cut probably to back to like Arnie, which was the guy who was on trial and is possessed, it cut back to him like a lot less than like I think I would have liked and I didn't really, it was still emotional but not as emotionally resonant as the first two movies. Um, and so I think the Warren storyline really carried this movie in that sense, um, which is not a bad thing because you know, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are so good at selling themselves as this, like, loving married couple, and it's, like, so believable. Um, and you root for them, obviously. Um, and then the last thing, which is basically what ended up being, like, the main, like, villain slash, like, evil in the movie, um, it was actually a witch behind the demonic curses and to me when that reveal kind of happened or when i realized what it was the movie suddenly got less scary <laughs> um because i'm like oh they're battling another human they just have to find her that's okay that's not that scary um so yeah it became less scary but still exciting because it was like oh now they're gonna have like a battle <laughs> between a witch and these people like people of god you know um but yeah i i kind of wanted more from that fight more more spells more more prayer back and forth spells and prayers somehow i don't know instead of like fighting with their fists and chasing and running from each other um but yeah that's, you wanted like a voldemort I versus wanted, harry like, potter battle, battle of them like <laughs> like she's like, our father horses and she's like i doing wanted like, her <laughs> to like i don't know you wanted that blue light versus that red light you know what i'm saying no. I just wanted a more epic showdown, per se, you know, like, uh, I think one of my favorite scenes was in the mortuary where she enters the, the witch's, like, like, spirit or something, and she becomes her, but then she's like, oh my god, Ed, she can stare back at me, and then this, like, crazy big dead guy, like, it was a great scene, it was just a great scene, and that's the closest I got to, like, an actual one-on-one -on -one battle. Um, but anyways, Josh, what were some things that kind of bothered you about the movie and what were like some things that you really liked? I kind of, yeah, I agree with you. The fact that like the pacing was really weird and the fact they like, um, they did that duo cut back and forth with Arnie and, and the Warren family. It's, it's hard just cause like comparatively to the first and second ones, it was mainly about the family and mainly about the events that happened to them. Um, with this one it was just like just around arnie by himself like it was the kid for a little bit but obviously like in the beginning he transfers the the possession but when it comes to arnie and his story it was it was really hard because this dude's in jail like yeah. what could they possibly do <laughs> make it fun and scary when he's in jail um <clears throat> and it didn't really have that much emotional investment other than the fact that like 
you don't, obviously this guy was possessed and killed someone. You don't want to see someone like that go to jail, essentially, as regards to the movie. Um, but it never really had that emotional investment like the first and first and second one. Um, like I did kind of want to see him be okay, or I actually wanted to see what happened at the end because it's like, are, is the court gonna accept you know devil possession as him being innocent? Yeah. Um, and it was interesting to see that too. And and I really did like uh, the sort of like investigation style this movie went. Apart from like the other movies, it was mainly about trying to figure out what's this, what's that. Um, and I don't think that's a fault whatsoever. I thought it was really fun. It really um, had me engaged with the story. Um, I think though, like a lot of that did have to exchange for the scariness of it. Um, there's a very few moments where I was like scared. It was more or less like suspense that I yeah. wanted to see what happens in the outcome. It was never like me clenching my seat or like being <laughs> scared or whatever. It like it, that only happened with you, like you said with with the kid and then with the mortuary and stuff like that. Um, but it was cool seeing that those kind of scenes of. Uh, Lorraine's clairvoyancy and seeing how it actually works I, like I kind of already knew how it worked but it was cool to see it like in this context mm-hmm. um, and like you said like the the, uh, the mortuary scene is my favorite scene too and it was probably the, like the mo- like the great use of tension and scariness that th- that should have been more in the film mm-hmm. um, just because it was just so good like the fact that like she grabs a hand and like <laughs> Ed's like oh, Lorraine yeah. <laughs> Lorraine let go of that Lorraine Lorraine like Hey. <laughs> and then we all like we all knew like that the body moved and we saw Dude, the blanket mo- fall it, like, it was so like a really fast. good setup it was crazy yeah it was like the, you see the blanket fall and everyone's like <gasps> like you hear gas in the audience and stuff <laughs> like that and then like it's just this weird dude standing over there like it was such a good um such a good scene and it was set up so well like obviously like a mortuary is really scary and like the fact that like you have these dead bodies coming back to life is really cool and yeah it was cool to see that like she the witch sort of had the same powers as Lorraine mm-hmm. and it would have set up a really cool battle of like that's what I'm saying just <laughs> battling it out like a um, it was funny battle. though because when I yeah <laughs> no it was funny because when I saw them together I was like Lorraine puncher <laughs> puncher Lorraine <laughs> like when they said they saw it face to face it's like mm. <laughs> like uh I wanted like a um Godzilla versus Kong battle and you know <laughs> see that happen with two two of these people just punching like two older ladies just like pew pew um but it's fine it's all right pin her pin her one two tap out tap out <laughs> but yeah those two that scene was really fun and like it did yeah like i said it did sacrifice a lot of the uh the scariness of it but when it did come to those scary scenes i love the setup of every one of them um, like with the kid, obviously with the bloodbath, that was really scary. The knocks, the blood, the blood coming out of the showers, him like being a gremlin and like running at his dad and stabbing Dude, him. That was funny. Um, <laughs> I, I it, was so, <laughs> it reminded me of Chucky. Like yeah. the first thing I thought of was Chucky. Um, and it was cool that they had that like little exorcist Easter egg of the priest getting out of the car mm. and replicating that iconic scene. Um, and I don't know if we talked about it, but I feel like um, a lot of these, a lot of the Conjuring movies always pull from older horror films and and sort of pay homage to that, especially the um, the exorcism. Like I feel yeah. like they always I mean, had appropriately, right? They, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they always had like an obvious like um, theme and homage to that movie, especially like the title screen. I always think about it. Like the title screen's always like, yep, that's like older exorcist films of it just being really big mm-hmm, really bright and just like yeah. scrolling with yeah it's like just scrolling with the film like i always love that and i don't think i mentioned that yet but like those title screens are so fun and it's, it's just, it makes me feel like i'm watching the exorcism again um but yeah it was cool seeing that and then like like i said the setup with the mortuary scene really good and one scene that i really really loved um was when arnie was possessed and about to kill that guy um it like had that song like beating like a heartbeat and then oh, he yeah. sees like the red door yeah and like I was, that oh that's crazy. so sick and the music fades i was like oh that's so sick like i'm about to be scared right now but that's really cool i was like <laughs> that's really cool but also like covering yeah, my face yeah. i was like yeah that's cool <laughs> um but yeah like it was really fun but at the same time like obviously when you have the scariest parts in the beginning of the movie it's hard to keep that pace up throughout and obviously like with, with it being mainly an investigative story like there isn't as much scares to it um but i gotta give it to michael chavez man like i I didn't know it wasn't by james Mm -hmm. wan um 
like he did a really great job and i think um his his director i don't know if it's his first movie but i was gonna say doctor mm. uh, debut uh, for whatever actually, reason i don't know <laughs> yeah but i mean he did really good regardless and i love that it was like this good versus evil situation like i feel like in the other movies it's like spirits so you can't really like battle spirits essentially but with this one like there's a form that you could fight and i know that set up like that sort of diminished the mystery for you but i just like that i like that it was a different story in that sense of like someone's actually controlling the puppets in this one and like they actually have a goal a set like a obvious like goal that they could like yeah finish off or whatever um but yeah honestly it's really really good and i i like that like those that investigation and where it was and the connections of this totem um and even like the sort of like those two girls investigation too it was cool to see that and like how this story sort of supported itself for the villain and for that like final battle even though the final battle was was lackluster as well um it was cool how like the girl just like kind of like broke all her bones and went to hell kind of a thing Dude, like, that was like gnarly. oh you you promised a soul and you they're still gonna get that soul and like <laughs> that was cool but then again i wanted to be like this crazy scene of course but yeah still pretty good still really good um intensity was like really really good as well as regards suspensefulness and stuff like that um but with that with talking about that carmela how did you feel about the ending you know the priest the priest's daughter did you want to see something different apart from our big battle <laughs> yeah, I, i'm talking about like the plot twist at the end i guess do you did you like that or do you think there is there should be more more to that um yeah it wasn't really a plot twist you know um because really good plot twists happen when they like tease it from the beginning and when the reveal happens it's always something you should have known all along and so when you feel that relief it's kind of uh cathartic so for this it wasn't exactly a plot twist. It was kind of like, oh, surprise, he has a daughter, it's the witch. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess I guess so. Um, um, surprise, yeah. he had a daughter. Surprise, I guess he, yeah, like if there was any hint before, like, and maybe I wasn't paying attention to when they first met him, maybe he mentioned a daughter, I don't remember, honestly, um, but, did I want the priest to be somehow involved? I I kind of did, and I kind of thought it was gonna come back to the cult, the satanic cult he was investigating, and I thought it was gonna be like, oh, I gave up, you know, my belief in God because when I was investigating this cult, I bought into, you know, like Satan or something like that. That's what I thought too. Yeah. I wanted that to happen too. Like I thought that's why like like I thought the priest was like he retired being a priest and became like, you know, yeah. retired as a priest, but then became a Satan kind of a thing. But it never really panned out like that. It would have it would have been an interesting storyline to pursue, maybe to have like, you know, a man of God turn on God and like, you know, start worshiping like his enemy. Um, but then it may have maybe not have been about the daughter and it would have been about the priest himself or something like that. But, you know, I, I think there could have that could have been a lot more developed um, instead of how it ended up being. But honestly, the actor, I, I recognize the, the actor who played the priest because he was in a Lord of the Rings movie and he also played a father that was like kind of sketchy and kind of like crazy so i was like oh my god it's this guy so because of that context i kind of knew he would end up being kind of like sketchy or weird um but he was a really he played a really good performance in terms of like being really weird and awkward and creepy when he's inviting Lorraine down to his, you know, demonic basement. And she's like, I don't want to go down there, Ed. Um, I can't believe you remembered that. It's such a, like a, like a side character. Like, I don't even remember that part either that he like played a creepy dad. And it's funny. He's kind of like being typecasted as a creepy, <laughs> as person, creepy dad. But yeah. <laughs> as creepy, creepy person. That's innocent though. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know. I didn't, didn't even know that. I didn't even recognize him whatsoever. Um, well, I, I've seen, I've rewatched the Lord of the Rings movies many times, so, you know, I'm sorry, everybody. Sorry, I was a nerd alert. Anyways, um, 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I I really liked the the actor's performance for this priest. Like, uh, even though like his character was not like super developed, and like the way it tied together was a little messy or boring, <laughs> essentially. Um, I also really liked the way the basement was. It was like really cool because like compared to the Warrens, like loot, you know, they're like kind of room full of like items. It was showing like another guy full of like the opposite. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Um, but yeah, what did you think about how his character and the daughter's character kind of wrapped up in the end? Like how you called it their loot, like they wanted all those. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of a trophy in the end. They're like, yeah. I know, it is kind of, it is. No, but it's cool because they, they kind of like mirrored that. And like, it was funny to see them like get a taste of their own medicine kind of. Yeah. Of like, like Lorraine, like, like, don't touch that. Just burn it all. Like, yeah. why, why don't you destroy it? And I'm like, bro. <laughs> I was like, I'm like looking at the Lorraine's like, what do you mean destroy? Wow. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Little hypocritical there, don't you I think? Know. Um <laughs> But it was funny seeing that, and then also him kind of giving their same reasoning of why he does that. It's like, oh, I like to keep the guns off the streets kind of a thing. Um, but as regards with, like, the uh, priest and daughter relationship, I wish it was uh, a little more invested and a really more, a lot more, like, punchy. Like, a punching you in the gut kind of a thing. Because, mm, yeah, like, like, when I found out... Punch, right? like, yeah, and also, like, oh, sh like, oh, no, that's them, yeah. like, kind of a thing. Cause I had that moment when I first figured out like, oh, it's at the priest house, and then it got it loosened up my punch to the gut because like I realized that the priest wasn't bad. Yeah. He was helping Lorraine. It was like, uh, that's kind of that's kind of dumb. I wish like um, somehow the priest was in it as well. Like he retired as a priest. Now he's this devil worshiper, and like for or, like maybe like the daughter was pulling his strings as well, and then attacks Lorraine, or like it has that sort of like ed versus the priest and then lorraine versus like the witch like they had those kind of oh, battles like, that a, been cool. like a t dual like battle kind of thing yeah like a dual battle like they have their own That'd battles cool. together and like or separately and it would have been fun because i think the priest was like a really good setup for yeah not the villain but at least like a, a henchman or some of some sort and like the fact of the fact that like when they figured out like it's next to a river. I was like, oh, it's the priest house. Like I was like, it's the priest house. And I was tripping out. And then when I figured out that the priest wasn't bad, I was like, oh, I guess that's I guess that's cool. Like yeah. I wish the priest had some evil in him and like supported the daughter in some way. Apart from just li like letting her do all this. Like <laughs> like just he letting just, her. He just like, like gave up on her, her, I guess. He's just like, like okay. Uh, daughters, am I right? And just shrugs. <laughs> like <laughs> She, can't control him she'd you know, run around know. in those tunnels and build altars or whatever you know <laughs> I, yeah, right she's like she she really explored the tunnels when she was a kid all right be a dad for once maybe not let her explore the like, tunnels okay <laughs> stop her like, like she i was like and what did you do about it <laughs> oh nothing you know now she's this this demon lady it's all good she just killed um, some and that, that's <laughs> like it's fine <laughs> it's it you know children am i right what are you gonna do <laughs> what could you do um and that's why like i feel like that the priest character got so like ran through the dirt because like he didn't he just was this weak person it seemed like like he didn't do anything to help her he didn't do anything to help the families all he did was like help Lorraine and Ed, which she knew was happening already. Like that fact, like oh my daughter's doing this, and didn't mention it. Like I don't know, it just he just became this character that was like supposed to have a hard hitting moment, but was just useless at the end. And I wish like he was bad, and he I wish he was a villain of some sort, or at least like he would have helped the daughter in some way. Like it just didn't feel like he was honestly like important at all. It, it was like a, a plot twist that didn't have that much payout. Like. Yeah, I, I was, like, really stoked that it was the priest, but then again, like, he didn't do anything, so it's, like, weird. I wish it was more of, like, um, him helping the daughter and, like, him, like, trying to help her out in some case, like, some, like, some way. Because it was obvious that he knew, like, we all know that he knew that, like, she was doing it to Ed and Lorraine and to Arnie, like, mm -hmm. and he just didn't, he was, didn't do anything about either side. He didn't do anything bad, didn't do anything good. It just felt so irrelevant for him to be there, and, like personally i wish it would have been like him being bad and like they set it up too when lorraine got there at the end he, he like locked the door the front door why yeah. would you do that and like <laughs> and then and, like he, i thought he wasn't do something there. he was all creepy in the basement didn't turn the lights on and then just dramatically turned the light on when 
when did the camera pan to him? I mean, that's just, like, it's just your classic <laughs> case of a like really bad use of a red herring because they yeah, they set honestly. up a great character and then they just like kind of threw him away in the end. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm gonna lock the door. I'm gonna be sitting in the dark and then turn on the light when you least notice it. Like, I don't know. It should have been. It, they could have done so much with this guy, and it, and they kind of fell through. That's the only thing I kind of would have changed, because like I was so invested in that part where they found out like it's near a lake, yeah. and then like the the house had like that crazy waterfall, and that's why I knew right away that it was that house. And I think that's why they did that for the house yeah. to make it like have that trigger for everyone's head but like at the end it really didn't do anything for the story or for the guy it was just kind of like there you go that's all that's it (laughs) so with that and with the whole sort of priest thing i've been looking into you know like comparatively like the conjuring one two and threes and their ratings with rotten tomatoes just to see like how Mm. you know the critics feel and then the audience feels and then from like it's interesting because like from one from one and two, they've been kind of the same, like high 80s, low 90s in both sides. Um, and then this one, this one's very interesting. This one has a very low critic score. I think it's in like the high 90s and a very high audience score, which is like in the mid 80s. Um, and I think AV Club gave it a fairly low score as well. So I want to ask you and I want to see like how you feel about like about this essentially this this movie that was that we think is really good but it's very split between the critics and audience and like it's it's honestly one of the more more divi- like out of the three this is the most divisive out of those those movies. So I want to ask you like why do you think that and why do you think uh these ratings are so wishwashy and why do you think like the critics gave it such a low score? Um that is interesting. I think um i guess i would blame like the the pacing and the writing of the movie would to like why it might have scored low with the critics because yeah honestly it it is tricky to go back and forth with you know a character who is basically in jail and confined the entire time and then and then cut back to like the warren's like very exciting investigation um, and I think the writing kind of dropped the ball within like the investigation as well. Um, it there weren't too many twists and turns. It was kind of like, um, you know, kind of like overall straightforward in hindsight, you know. Um, but yeah, it might. I'm definitely like thinking it's the writing because and then why it scored high with the audiences i think we're all just really excited to watch a movie a scary movie again it's a franchise we're all familiar with and that we all really like um everything's opening back up so it's kind of a no-brainer why audiences are like completely fine overlooking all of these like writing issues um so yeah because like i feel like in a similar way, like, the audience part of me is like, yeah, it's totally fun. Go for it. This is a great movie. And then if I were to think about it, like, critically, it would probably be, like, a pretty low score as well. So, yeah. What score What, what, what score you, would you what? give it out of 10? Um, probably a... <laughs> <laughs> the suspense is killing Josh's me. I'm um, like... <laughs> Um, I'm leaning between like a 6.5 and a 7. Wow. Can't believe you hated this movie, Carmela G. Oh my god. 6.5 out of 7. I even say the number 6 in terms of a rating, you automatically think I hate something. Honestly, it's very low. 6 is so like, 7 is like, to me. Okay, between a 6.5 and a (laughs) 7. Like a, that's what I said. A seven is like you barely liked it to me, and then a six is like you hate, like you didn't like it, and then like eight is like you decently liked it, okay. nine is like you loved it, ten is like obviously a perfect movie. So that's why I'm like shocked. Okay, I can't believe this- you hated this movie, Carmela. Geez. Okay, I'll give it a seven then. <laughs> just, to, just to calm you down. I need you to- <laughs> All right, Warner um, Brothers, Warner Brothers, cut me the check. I converted one of <laughs> one of those ratings into a seven. You know, you know, give me some money. I did this propaganda. You know, what would you rate it? 
Um, or wait, what do you what what do you think about the divisive reviews and what would you rate it? Um, the divisive reviews again, Rotten Tomatoes and rating places don't hold obviously that much power. You shouldn't. I mean, you should look to them, but also not like hold it as the Bible kind of a thing. And we always talk about how these a lot of the judges and the judgments with these films especially with something like this and with like the oscars obviously um don't look at it as like end all be all but also be wary of it i guess i don't know it's a very interesting topic but um with the divisive reviews it's interesting just because like it's always weird to see that sort of split like the audience love the film but then like the critics hate the film and it's just like where is that disconnect like why can't we like why can't they both have the same sort of score and and sort of have that and it's i don't know and especially with scary movies it's always like that i think there's always never like a solid score with these two two groupings but i think with uh with these scores with the critics i like i like you said i think the pacing and the writing was the biggest drawback from it i think um i think also too I feel like a lot of these critics sort of have a different scale when it comes to scary movies. Um, and especially with this one, it isn't as, you know, jump scary or terrifying as the other ones. So I'm trying to figure out, or I'm guessing that like in that scale, that's sort of where this movie falls off. Cause for the most part, it's supposed to be a scary movie. You know, you're supposed to be scared. You're supposed to be mm-hmm. terrified. And in my opinion, I, I'm guessing with the critics, if that doesn't work out for them, then obviously they're going to rate it for a low for a low score because it's it's not fulfilling that scariness of it and i totally understand that because i know um the people i've watched it with they're all like oh yeah it was good but you know it wasn't scary like particularly my friend alec was saying that like i liked it but it didn't scare me and i think that's the major drawback for for this film in general um it was still a lot of like in my opinion it's still a lot of fun i don't care if it was scary or not it had a lot of fun with it It was very interesting and i think that's why like i followed the audience side um and uh, I don't know. I think it, it was a really great film. And I think um, when it comes to those ratings, it's very hard, you know, like it's hard to like make everyone happy. Not everyone could do that. You know, it's, it's very interesting. And I think my personal, personal rating for it, um, I personally would give it like an eight just cause like I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I didn't see like, I'm not one to like point out the pacing of things i just sort of watch it unless like the pacing is very very drastically different i'd be like okay that's really weird but with this one like i watched the film and i was like oh i kind of see where it slowed down slowed down you know i kind of see where um where there's a strong half and a like a mediocre half kind of a thing um and i sort of like was able to identify that but that's not something that like snagged me and like stopped me from liking it that's why i like i like it so much just because i had a lot of fun with it some of the scenes are very creative and very spooky and very like really really tight um and like the most the like the big part of it is just i had a lot of fun like that's that's where i kind of get the rating from it is like i had a lot of fun with it and i didn't like you know i didn't think anything was overly overtly like dumb or like overtly that i disagreed with or whatever it was really fun and i think that's why i would give it an eight um and also like it, it's with scary movies it's more or less like I try and turn my brain off and I try to just like, you know, watch it for what it is. It's not like a, a big thinker, you know? So like, I don't need to like, you know, process everything. It was more or less, I just enjoyed it, was entertained and that's why I like it a lot. Um, and it comes with a lot of scary movies. That's how I sort of go for it because I don't want to be like critiquing a scary movie, you know, like, oh yeah, it's whatever. Like, I don't want to be like super like in like into it and trying to dismantle every part of it. Um, I just want to have fun with it. And I think that's sort of where I'm at with it. And I know with you giving it a six and hating the movie crazy, can't believe it. <laughs> that's sort of where the snags is for you is like the pacing and the writing. Um, but with that, and <laughs> with talking about this, um, talking about this, uh, the story about Arnie, Arnie Johnson is the name. Um, uh, yeah. Arnie something. <laughs> um, but in real life context, do you think, Arnie did this crime without like do you think he did it regardless if you think like it was a spiritual sort of like possession or do you think like it was an excuse to use that he was under the possession of the devil or like give me your outlook or like your your opinion of Arnie and whether or not like he actually did because I don't know the actual case I don't I didn't look it up but like 
I have I kind of have an opinion of what happened or what like you know and I want to know your opinion of like this real life story do you think Arnie one was deserving of a short sentence two did this under the influence of something and three do you think he actually wanted to kill him or not you know what's your what's your look on this sort of case <laughs> um so going off basically no knowledge of the actual case um i can't really confidently come on detective say, detective carmella come on we need we need you on the case <laughs> i'm I, i'm going off of what the i know from the movie like this is not accurate we should have done research before asking the question that's why it's fun we're on um, a whim you know we gotta think on our feet what the fuck okay um you want me to give an educated answer based on no education anyways i mean the way like obviously the movie sets up arnie he's like this really good guy he's like the boyfriend of this like sister in this family he cares a lot about the little brother um and he wants to eventually marry the sister soon he wants to like you know eventually get out of town get a like actual job or whatever um and so those are the circumstances i'm working with from the movie the way they depicted um the guy they were living with though was kind of really chaotic i was like oh wow this is like kind of a crazy situation um and at some like in the beginning it seemed like it was fun but then eventually it seemed like it wasn't fun <laughs> i was like oh this guy's kind of like a weird drunk guy that he's letting them live there um so i could see it where like arnie had enough with this guy he like you know <laughs> like was motivated to murder like murder him if he stabbed him 27 times that's sounds like your classic you know um what's it called passionate like passionate murder whatever the fuck it's called um like out of anger or just like high intense emotions or whatever and like not planned at all it's like on a whim um yeah not not premeditated in terms I think it was what you're looking for it's not not yeah. premeditated and in the case of like being influenced potentially being influenced you know by uh, a demon or something or drugs just kidding um or something else um i need to i have to like know whether or not like like the actual exorcism happened before of like the brother happened right before like this like stabbing you know like i, I don't know the the context of things but if it did happen if that exorcism did happen in real life right before the stabbing that the convenience of having the influence of a demonic thing is like kind of really apparent and i'm like oh like you know the the skeptic part of me is kind of like oh that's kind of like you know very convenient way to get away with a murder or something like that um and in terms of his sentencing that is pretty crazy that they let him go off on like five years which is like nothing for actual like murder you know <laughs> taking a life um did it have to do with his race situation and circumstance maybe most likely <laughs> um and yeah like because yeah if he wasn't white if he wasn't like however like what class whatever class middle class i'm pretty sure he would have been if the what's it called death sentence was legal in that state i'm pretty sure oh it was right they were seeing yeah they're the trying to give the death penalty to him and i think that's kind of what they're trying to battle but at the end they like did yeah. the most and just gave him no death penalty and essentially almost no prison sentence like they gave him like the best package yeah. whatsoever <laughs> So yeah, that was kind of insane how it turned out. Um, if that's, yeah, that's the real life turnout. So yeah, this movie definitely motivated me to seek more info about this trial in this case, considering it's the first time in like American history that demonic possession was used as a defense. And then obviously later on, we'll see like, you know, serial killers and other people use that same defense. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking it could have been, you know, like, just a very convenient, he, he just, like, got fed up 
one day with this living situation was like fuck this and then got mad and then the lawyer was like all right what happened to you yesterday oh you had an exorcism okay we're gonna go with demonic possession (laughs) i don't know so you can't give Um, like a definitive guilty not guilty verdict like if i gave you like the two scenarios of like (laughs) yes he was possessed what's your verdict or like if he wasn't possessed what's your verdict like like as regards to like sentencing i think that's where it mainly it mainly gets to the to the weird part of it just because like it's such a weird thing of like he's guilty but essentially almost not guilty you know like the sentencing is what rose me the wrong way in some cases just because like blaming it on a possession isn't something that should stand in court in any capacity i don't think it does now um so with you like do you i don't think it do you would. think he could give like a definitive guilty not guilty in those two cases if he was possessed and if he wasn't possessed or do you still like are you still kind of like contemplating on it um I think regardless of whether or not he was possessed, he should be punished for murdering a human being. That's, I think that's my answer. Um, Cause obviously a part of me believes in the presence of like, you know, otherworldly beings um, and spiritual entities. So I'm like, you know, if I was a jury in that court, I may have like been one of those people who would have been uh, kind of like interested in like playing with the idea that maybe he was possessed but I think ultimately I would have been like all right well he still killed a dude so like no <laughs> like you know so yeah what did you think of you know the verdict and if you were a jury in that court in that trial how would you feel about even entertaining this case or this like defense hmm okay <clears throat> Uh, jury detective judge josh on duty um (laughs) (laughs) judge on duty um hmm. i think okay obviously guilty obviously guilty that's there that's there yeah like he killed yeah yeah (laughs) it's obvious it's apparent he killed someone straight up killed someone (laughs) (laughs) um okay like the sentencing is what rubs me the wrong way five years for stabbing someone under the influence of the quote-unquote devil um personally i I, like personally i think the the sentencing should be longer whatever the case like if they proved it that he was possessed or whatever i think it should be longer for whatever reason um like it's just so weird to like (laughs) for whatever reason (laughs) like not for whatever reason but for the reason of murder obviously i think um five years is basically nothing honestly and uh it's interesting because it's it's just this like like I like when I think about it I'm starting to think about like <laughs> like the idea of people believing in the god and the devil and then like like for instance like a person that doesn't believe in like spirituality in that sense like how does that look to them when you see someone on court pleading that they're possessed by the devil or killed someone and they get off because of that reason it's very bad like if uh, if you weren't spiritual whatsoever it sucks like it's it, it's gonna feel like the justice system is very very flimsy you know like you're gonna think like anyone could just do that and anyone could just like blame whatever to get out of their case um so from that point i think he should have had a long sentencing um and even with my like what i've heard from other serial killers and killers that sort of blame this notion of you know the devil made me do it it's very very empty and and in any sense of courtroom proceedings should not be entertained of course this is a movie so i'm just trying to like you know bring it to my standpoint like like in any case like you can't just say innocent because of the devil like you know um it's just it would not work so in my real life viewpoint i'm gonna say like he needs a longer sentencing 100 percent um and I think, I don't know, like the fact that like it's sort of this like the devil made me do it. And then you could you could compare that sort of mentality with um, people who have schizophrenia and, and suffer these these conditions and also get, you know, accused for murder and stuff like that. Like they don't get let up for whatsoever, you know. Um, and if they do get let up, they're sent to like the mental hospital and they have a longer sensing there. Um, and I think that's sort of where I guess this could have went. But like it's just so interesting because like 20 stabs it's very passionate um and and even in the movie like you have that like scene of him being kind of weird the the long-haired drunk guy 
Um, like you could see it in mm. those two fashions of like he's this really weird guy, he's really creepy, um, and maybe you know he could have sexually assaulted her in any way, and that could have triggered some sort of thing. But any like in that case too, it's just like they kind of took justice in their own hands, and in a lot of cases those that doesn't bode well <laughs> in any sort of courtroom proceeding. Um, and also what I kind of saw too, like real life, like looking in, like the fact that he was kind of like dancing with his girlfriend kind of like funly, regardless if like mm-hmm. she, like she might not have had fun. Like, and if she did have fun, I could have seen, I could see him being mad at that being like the jealous type of like, Oh, the guy that we're living with is totally boning my girlfriend. And, and that sort of, mental space he could have been in and then have those 20 stabs um that's something that could have happened i don't know it's just like uh, that excuse of like being possessed is so interesting because like it should never stand up in court like straight up never stand up in court um like legally and it's just weird to like even entertain it and of course i'm talking about like the case in the movie i know that the case in real life is really really different um I like looked it up a little bit and it's very different. So I'm not gonna talk about the real case. I'm talking about this case movie wise. Uh. Cause it's, it's decently different. Cause there's like more people in the story. There's more like details that they like obviously omitted because of the movie. But in regards of the film, like, I think, um, longer sense, hundred percent, obviously not the death penalty. I don't think he deserved that in, in any capacity. Um, but it's just funny. Cause like, I remember like walking out the movie and then, you know how they show like the real life photos, um, my friend like after the movie he's my friend like walked out he's like he definitely did that shit he's like he definitely did it there's no doubt like <laughs> cause he saw him he saw the like real life him like like the movie like the, the actor they use in the movie is like kind of like you know your typical white boy very innocent very soft spoken um, very committed to his girlfriend so it's like painting him as obviously a very good guy um, but then when you see like the pictures of him my friend's like oh yeah <laughs> definitely did it and i thought it was was so funny when i heard that i was like that's that's so funny um but yeah 100 percent longer sensing like if it was in the real world it's just terrible that like that there are people that are falsely accused falsely imprisoned and all that and that's a totally different story big rabbit hole to go down but yeah and then yeah yeah, this guy gets off gets off so easily yeah it's it's crazy um but yeah, like, and then not to mention the the countless people that use this excuse in real life and and the situations that happen and um, it's it, they don't get let off that easily. Um, but yeah, so I guess with that, just in my general opinion, guilty and longer sentencing. Um, and with that, and with regards to um, sort of judging our opinion of things with the Conjuring series, where does the Conjuring three? end up in your little trilogy list of those three movies um so the conjuring three ends up at number three <laughs> whoa oh, yeah, you, so i think my rank you hated it two. i forgot you hated it so I'm saying. Oh my God. <laughs> sorry go yeah, on so go it on. was two one and three i know and you're just so okay never mind, never mind. no I'm not no go on go on go on explain yourself <laughs> I was going to say, like, I love that you preface with um, how ratings and Rotten Tomatoes shouldn't affect your your opinion. And then when you hear my rating, you're like, oh, my God, you hated it. <laughs> Are you a Rotten Tomato, Carmela? No, you're not a Rotten Tomato. So it's, I'm like, you okay, know, it hits so harder. For that, it hits so harder. for that big, big speech in the beginning about how it shouldn't affect you. <laughs> it's because you're not a Rotten Tomato, Carmela. You're a person, you know. I see you. Mm. We're talking mm. right now. You know, we're friends. You too. see me. I'm a real. We're, the people on we're, the we're acquaintances. <laughs> we're acquaintances. Uh-huh. So obviously... <laughs> Um, <laughs> it sort of hits. Okay, so two one three. You said two one three. Okay, okay, okay. I still haven't actually figured out my ranking. Um, I definitely put two on top. Two was you really said, good. What I say? Okay, you you said two before one last time. Did I really? I said one two. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. No, you said two. Oh, you said two one. Okay, okay. So def. Okay, so definitely. So the same. Two is on top. <sighs> I think I'm the same one too as well. I think it's two one three for me. Um, 
just because like the first one set the score two like made it better three was good but not as scary as the other ones so two one three two one three i'll give it two one three See, you know, we think see, we think alike, you know. See, see, it's it's this. It ends up being the same. <laughs> so it doesn't matter. This is why you know we're co-hosts. You know, we have really good synergy. We really, you know. That's why it's been. This is the. This is why this is the exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, as regards of the Conjuring series, would you want a fourth one? Are you okay with ending it here? And if there is a fourth one. What do you want to see, and how do you want the series to end if there are more movies? Hmm. I wouldn't mind a fourth one, um, but I also wouldn't mind that it ends on this either. Um, if it did end on this one, I am very curious to see where this the Conjuring franchise will go, because then at that point, it'll basically go away from real life events maybe um but i and but that's like the main like selling point of this franchise is that they're based on true events so i actually don't know what they'll do but i i'm hoping it's not the end i i really wouldn't mind it continuing honestly i i would love to see you know patrick wilson and vera farmiga play the warrens like forever you know um but yeah, what, what about you? Um, for me, as regards to the series, I obviously want it to continue. These are fantastic films. And like, yeah, um, Ed, the, uh, Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are like the perfect couple. For I don't know how they did that. They just like picked these two actors. They're like I, perfect for each other. They just have great chemistry. Great yeah, chemistry. right? It's so like, weird how good they are. Um, it's As regards of it continuing, like I think um, if they do a fourth, um it'd be nice to see like one of them die <laughs> to like kind of the darker side of it because <laughs> ed's actually ed actually passed away in real life lorraine's still alive i believe yeah. um and they're all they're like in this third one they're hella old they're like really old at this point um and i th- yeah and i if you can like tell. yeah like a heart attack you know the, they're sort of like painting them more wrinkly kind of um and i think in real mm-hmm. life like ed actually dies from a heart attack um i don't remember how he passed away i mean but yeah i mean i think um if they're gonna continue it with like af like if there's a fourth and more for more movies i think they should uh, the plan of my head is like one of them should die or both of them should die um and then somehow pass it along to like their daughter or like pass it along to like like that joseph gordon levitt guy that looks like joseph gordon levitt but he's always in the movies um the hot assistant that a lot of people call him um yeah he's hot (laughs) (laughs) but um so like there are two versions in my head that i could go with so like the fourth one they both could pass away and that sort of ends the conjuring series that's one option that i would like Mm. and sort of send them off in the right way (laughs) um uh or um in the fourth one ed only ed passes away and then Lorraine sort of retires, but also is a mentor to someone that could potentially, you know, keep the, the Conjuring movies going or even or at that, like have a spinoff of the another spinoff of the Conjuring in which like it still is the Conjuring, but it's Lorraine mentoring someone or like helping someone out. Um, almost like um, Rocky and mm. Rocky and Creed, like how like Creed is a like another Rocky, but it's Rocky still like Rocky's in it mentoring Creed in that point um that's like yeah. that's like sort of where i could see it um or they could just keep them al- like keep the, the couple alive keep it going but at some point they're just gonna have keep it going. <laughs> just keep it going yeah, i know you have a heart problem and you're getting older but you still gotta fight these ghosts you're still goats out there you know they they need your help um but yeah so i could also see that just them going and then eventually they're gonna have to like figure out the whole age thing and figure out like the stories they do especially because it's ma- mainly based on two stories um but yeah i could sort of see those those sort of options coming along um i definitely do want to see more of the conjuring films um and even like i like i'm also fine with it losing the main conjuring storyline line and maybe having like something of like annabelle they renamed it but it's still in the same universe i'm fine with that and renaming it and just sort of letting the conjuring be its own thing um, but I do want 
I do want to send yeah. off if that's the case. Like if they do stop Ed and Lorraine, I do want some sort of send off, regardless if they're still alive or, or they pass away. I want something of that nature. Um, and if they do continue, I'm still very excited for each and one of them. I know um, the Crooked Man was like rumored to be in production. Um, I don't know what's up with that. Um, we definitely got to oh, watch yeah. like the other spinoffs, like Annabelle and stuff like that. That'd be fun to watch and uh, yeah. sort of talk about and sort of connect it to this storyline. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I like like I love this series. I love the the universe it made, even the, even though the the nun was kind of trash. <laughs> but I do want to see more of James Wan. I do want to see more of the the universe and stuff like that. Um, I like this the the universe, the conjuring, everything is very great, and for a consistent like scary movies franchise, it's fantastic. Um, and I still want to see more of them. Honestly, I just want to see more of um, James Wan's visions and on the visions of the conjure the conjureverse in that matter. Um, but with that, that has been our episode on The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. Not to mention, this has been our 100th episode. Woo! <laughs> so again, thank you all for watching. And I mean that at the bottom of my heart. Thank you for the people that listen to us still. Um, listen to our full episodes um, and even the people that don't listen but still support our Instagram support our tweets and stuff like that I appreciate that as well I appreciate the um, the comments the likes whatever the things that help us and the weird algorithm that is Instagram and Twitter um, but yeah just thank you anyone who's any put put any sort of energy towards this even if you hated it that's cool too thank you for you know <laughs> being a hater but whatever Thank you for <laughs> thank you we for the energy haters. that any I know I, yeah people hate us for whatever reason um, but thank you for anyone that's that's come across this we appreciate it um, thank you again Carmela for being a wonderful co-host and sticking through it um, we hope for a hundred more episodes or unlimited more episodes or whatever <laughs> more episodes to come <laughs> thank you all for listening everybody um, my name is Josh Landicho and you can follow me on Instagram at the Space Wolf. And I'm Carmel, and you can follow me at Catmella O. And you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and all those little places you could listen to the podcast on. Um, and we also have a little program on Anchor called Listener Supporter, which lets you subscribe at any dollar amount, only if you're able to, of course. That helps us out a lot. Um, and even with that, continue to like, comment, subscribe, and things that could help us. That does help us a lot. And we do appreciate it. Um, so with that, thank you all for listening to the 100th episode of Watch With Sound. Thank you so much. And keep on watching. Watching. <laughs> for Arnie Johnson. I don't know, man. That guy loves me the wrong way. I think you definitely did. <laughs> He's still on the streets. Uh, I, mean, yeah, I know. Gonna... Scary, scary, scary stuff. Twenty gonna stab somebody. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, five years, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that beautiful morning sun. Yeah, it seems like. Does it feel?